Here we go. The book of the genealogy of Christ, the son of David, and go. <laughs> Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Judah, and Perez, and Zerah, and Tamar, Perez, Hezron, Raman, Aminadab, Nashon, Salmon, Boaz, <laughs> Freaking Salmon. Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unblessed Podcast. My name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And we are two former D-Now group leaders. Man, that that is something to talk about. I'm so man, glad we share this experience. Man, D-Now, for, those of, you who, for yeah. those of you who are not aware, stands for Disciple Now. Right now. right now hurry now <laughs> disciple right now. and what it would be is it would just be this like weekend youth retreat at a local church where yep. um you would go for like an evening worship service to kind of kick it off a morning mm -hmm. service at like either like 11 or 2 p.m or something like that um and then the final one would be kind of at um the next afternoon and that would yeah. be where everybody would get saved um but <laughs> Uh, what you had was basically you would have kids like stay at different leaders' houses. Um, mm -hmm. So you'd have like a group of kids at like um, Mr. Smith's house and like a Pastor Dave's house or yeah. yeah. And usually a college kid was in charge of the um, souls, the souls <laughs> in there. And I remember two specifically. I remember one I did in Birmingham and all the kids they were at least like uh maybe sixth graders and i started talking yeah. to them about like predestination and they were like this is too much for our brains and i was like good awareness and so we played protect the president instead um <laughs> <laughs> ours always ended with like nerf football in someone's like oh, yeah. driveway that was usually the so, way it went but that i will say that was one where i was less stuck up um, oh, really? Because the one, the other one, and mainly it could have been just because this was like the house that I was in, mm -hmm. um, was I led a D now group in this guy's house, and he was like a professional hunter. Oh, um, boy. like he he cooked, Hunt, no. like he hunted, hunted, killed, <laughs> yeah. He hunted, yeah. Hunted, dread like process, like everything was farm to table, yeah. and we had um honestly like the best breakfast ever because he did um mm. like venison uh, sausage, 
and then cook the eggs inside of the venison grease. And I was just like, this is amazing. And I remember one of the kids just being like, no, we just don't need technology. Uh, And this deer hunter just kind of like rolled his eyes. And he was like, yeah, you do. (laughs) What are you talking about? That's a hot take. We don't need technology. No, I don't need any sort of computers or nothing. And he was just like, okay, how how are you going to figure out where you are? (laughs) What a weird take. No, It was a a, a conversation with this kid trying to be like, I can be like Mr. Dan or whatever. And Mr. Dan being like, that's not who I am. <laughs> he stopped scrolling iPhone. No, <laughs> I need a GPS. Like, I'm not here. Like I'm not here. Like Hawkeye from last yeah. time. Mohicans. <laughs> like, Oh, ours was wild. Like we would do a lot of, um, there's games all weekend. So you would have, You'd, you'd go to someone's house, and then Saturday was Bible study in the morning, and then the afternoon was usually spent. We always had a scavenger hunt around the city, and I remember they stopped doing the scavenger hunt because people were getting in car accidents and speeding and getting tickets because it would be all over the city. It wasn't just like in the church or in the parking lot. It was, okay, here's a clue, and it could be 10 miles away on the east side of town. You got to go drive over there, but... My favorite thing, not from being a leader, but from participating, I remember my very, it was either my first disciple now as a sixth grader or maybe seventh grade. Um, but we did this thing called one-on-ones. I don't know if you did this as a d- disciple now leader, but it was always a part of the weekend where you were just supposed to do a one-on-one. And now that I'm saying this out loud, it's like, <laughs> feels a little creepy, but you would do a one-on-one session with the leader and you would have like a prayer session. You would talk about, it was kind of like a, Hey, this is a safe zone. You can just talk about anything you want and not just in front of the group sort of thing. But I remember my sixth or seventh grade year, I had my one-on-one session with the leader and he asked me like, you know, how's it going with your faith? What things could I pray for you for? And I felt so compelled by the spirit in that moment to talk about my problem with cussing as a seventh grader. (laughs) And I remember like almost to tears, I was like, I'm a sinner. I'm a horrible person. He's like, what did you do? And I think he probably thought I like killed somebody. Like I ran someone over with my bike or something. <laughs> he was just like, what happened? What could I preview? I was like, I remember saying, I just, I need the Lord. I swear like a sailor at school. And he would, I think he had to do everything in his power not to laugh at me. <laughs> but looking back, that was my biggest problem in seventh grade was I cussed too much at the lunch table. I'm a sinner, just like just like anybody else, Evan. Just like anybody else, I sent, I put my <laughs> I put my designer jeans on one leg at a time. I opened up my damn chicken sandwich out from the cafeteria like anybody else. <laughs> Man, that scavenger hunt thing you mentioned opened up a door for me. We oh, used really? to do Christmas scavenger hunt across oh. Valley um, where I grew up, and it was bananas because the, like uh, some of it was like find the nativity scene here. Yeah. One of them, one year, was like, take a picture with a cop. (laughs) (laughs) And sure enough, we found this police cop. And we were like, hey, can we take a picture with you? And he was like, no. (laughs) I'm not a prop. (laughs) We were like, it's it's for a scavenger hunt. And he was like, no, just say that you did it. 
And they were like, well, we kind of like pressed him. We're like, well, we need like evidence. And he was like, fine, fine. Just let's take a picture together. And we did. He was just there for like one picture. Oh my and then gosh. he just drove off and he was just like, they ruined my spot. And we <laughs> felt so that we were like, we're like, man, this is the worst thing. And another thing was like, go to McDonald's and order a single fry. Oh, you had to do like tasks. We had to find flags. It, it was, Someone hid flags. It was a was. mixture of tasks and like finding like because there is a like uh, a photo radio, scavenger hunt. Like, there was a radio station that would do the like that that had their uh, Christmas lights synced up to the music that they were playing. Uh huh. Um, and so you had to kind of like dial into that radio and record um, the lights synced to that oh, radio. Wow. Um, but then there was also like find the nativity scene, find this, that, or the other. This I nativity see. scene because there were a couple of nativity scenes. Uh, like you know, Chamber of Commerce did one. The uh, um, the big Methodist church in town did one that has like a big old. Of like, course, the Chamber of Commerce had a nativity scene. Oh, absolutely! It was a next <laughs> out nativity scene. I will say, like they had like because they had like this big field in front of themselves. Yeah, and all these uh, stuffed cattle and everything. And I remember as a kid thinking they were all real. And I was like, man, bananas, how much sheep and everything. Because all my parents, they wouldn't say like, look at the fake sheep. They'd be like, look at the sheep. And they wouldn't drive closer. Yeah. It's like the street and then it's like a meadow down the bottom. Um, but now we had to like go all over town and it was like a race. Um, oh yeah. Ours is a absolute yeah. just grind. A gauntlet. Good old disciple nowadays. Oh, yeah. Well, we're in Christmas season. Oh, go ahead. If you've got something. No, I was about to transition as well. Segway, I was about to say, speaking of disciple now, we're about to make some disciples now. (laughs) I need a new job. Um, (laughs) You're getting paid? (laughs) You are? So we're in the Christmas season, Christmas spirit, and Mm -hmm. I thought of a good idea for a christmas carol um like a christmas carol story kind of like how you have your muppets christmas carol the dickens christmas carol you have you know christmas lifetime movies stuff like that um i am petitioning so all you hollywood execs that listen to our podcast oh boy get on it for a wicked boston christmas oh i already Starring I, a shiver went down my spine. <laughs> Starring Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Casey Affleck, that one guy in the movie Ted who isn't Ted. Uh Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, exactly. The Wahlberg <laughs> brothers, all of them. And uh, any one of them can be the main character. Any one of them. But they sure. have, they just, it, they're in, they're in line at Duncan and they're just like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it. Marie, this peppermint mocha with uh, the half shot of espresso dipped in whipped cream. It's not getting me in the Christmas spirit anymore. And Marie's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, hon. Um, meanwhile, Bill Burr is pissed at him, like right behind him in line. And so he's just kind of going through and he goes through all the like he meets with all his buddies and they, you know, tell him, you know, well, Christmas is really about this. Christmas is really about that. Christmas is about yada, yada, yada. Um, but then. At some point, he tell gets me more visited yeah. <laughs> by um, Poppy Ortiz, because in Boston, 
you do get visited by Santa Claus, but during Christmas time, you also get visited by Poppy Ortiz. Poppy Ortiz explains to him that the true meaning of Christmas is Fenway Park. And explains to him that the true meaning of a wicked Boston Christmas is the Red Sox every year. I I don't know how, if I'm mad <laughs> or... <laughs> and you want to call this a what now? A wicked Boston Christmas. Get the hell out of here, Evan. <laughs> now I know... I know there are some plot holes. Oh my gosh. And I do need I feel Tom like the Christmas Brady. Carol story, we need a, a good, yeah, reimagining. We need this a reimagining. Seems, I do yeah. want Tom Brady to show up somewhere with a Pats jersey. Even if he's just in line at Subway or something. This, I think this movie would either do really well or really well if we made a movie out of it. That's I, the only. Yeah. So Hollywood executives get on it. Boy. And we well, need a wicked Boston Christmas starring all of the Boston Tom actors. Brady. <laughs> I I don't want Tom Brady to star in it. I just kind of want him to kind of like walk around and just kind of like be with there. his chiseled jaw. Yeah. With his chiseled yeah. emasculating jaw. Yep. Yeah. And cheekbones. And cheekbones. Exactly. <laughs> Well, speaking of cheekbones, Man. you know who has some really great cheekbones? <laughs> Our Lord and Savior. I want to give you a quick icebreaker. I want to know. So we're going to be in Matthew, and we're talking about the birth of Christ. No. But before we get to the birth of Christ in verse 18, uh, Matthew 1 lists the entire genealogy of Jesus Christ from, essentially, from Abraham all the way to Christ. And I can't help but wonder if Evan Johnson, how fast could you sing through in the style of Animaniacs, every country in the world? I can't even, I can't even try to replicate it. I only know like Man. five countries off the top of my head right now. Here we go. The book of the genealogy of Christ, the son of David and Go. <laughs> Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Judah, and Perez, and Zerah, and Tamar, Perez, Hezron, Raman, Aminadab, Nashon, Salmon, Boaz, <laughs> Rahab. Freaking Salmon. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> Boaz, and Obed, and Ruth, and Jesse, and David, and Solomon. Solomon. Perfect. <laughs> Roboam, Abijah, Asad, Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, Isaiah, Jatham. Keep going. As Hezekiah, Manasseh, Amon, Josiah, Jaconia. This is pure entertainment at this point. This is what people signed up for. Steel Deal, Zerubbabel, Abihud, Eliak, Amazar, Zadok, Hakim, Elihud, Eliazar, Mathan, Jacob, and Joseph. It's so worth it for me. Slide into home base and hit every rock. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm actually surprised you were fairly on beat and melody for the first 12 names. And then when you hit Sam and it was all <laughs> downhill. <laughs> Just for the record, the uh, Christ, the Savior that is risen today, comes from the long line of Salmon. So just Damn. in case you're wondering, Salmon... <laughs> 
is somewhere in the mix. Oh, thank you for that. He doesn't go with the flow. He goes upstream. Oh, stop. Oh, my gosh. Today. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Hitting homer after homer today, Evan. I'm All right. The birth of Christ. Funny. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to jump through these about 20 verses. Here we go. So <clears throat> now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Woo! And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Pause but real as, quick. Yeah, yeah, that's um, an interesting verse right there. Two things. One, uh, when I first read this verse uh, today, I... You know, I was going over it again, and I read that as, and her husband, Joseph, being just a man. Yeah, I almost <laughs> misstepped and said it that way. I did pause. Yeah. Just um, a man. <laughs> but With two, needs. I think, like, I've uh, heard this story told, and people, you know, talking about Joseph's, like, cowardice in this moment. Yeah. They haven't had sex, and all of a sudden, Mary's pregnant, and he's you know, yeah. kind of in his mind doing the right thing and being like all right i don't want to embarrass you we'll just divorce quietly and then we can figure it out from there yeah you know because god hadn't spoken to him yet no he had he's just chilling and then yeah. mary comes home and says hey i have a baby with the the holy spirit and he goes excuse me what now he puts uh, <laughs> down his newspaper and folds it up and goes say that one more time What's down the Flintstone stones? <laughs> Dude, stone bad. newspaper. <laughs> Answer um, to the camel trash can to eat. Gosh, I hate myself. Um, keep going. So yeah, so uh, as he considered these things, behold, so now now he gets the scoop. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son." And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Uh, and the prophet said, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God think, with us. Do you think uh, Joseph had this moment of being like, Am I supposed to name him Jesus or Emmanuel? Yeah. <laughs> In the instruction booklet you sent, it says Emmanuel, but Emmanuel. you said Jesus. You said so Jesus. which wanna, one? I just want to do not fear. Just okay, 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 okay. Yeah, the okay. the spinning orb with eyes and and wings said, "Don't be afraid." Call Emmanuel, and I'm, and then he has to have a question. <laughs> do you think there was a Q and A after this? Do you think the angel goes, "If you have any questions, speak now before I no. head home." <laughs> Yes, you there, you there. Um, dear, are your wings attached to your eyes? Do you have to clean them often? We would be doomed if you were Joseph Evan. <laughs> clean your eyeballs. Do you use your wings to clean your eyeballs? Do you do something else? What are your wings made of? Oh my gosh. Okay, so then when Joseph woke from his sleep... He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not. That's Bible speak for not having sex. Yeah. But yeah. knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name, and he put, he picked Jesus. He decided to go with Jesus. He's like, you know what? Not a lot of kids are named Emmanuel nowadays. Yeah. So. <laughs> More popular name. More popular name. <laughs> don't, want, don't want little Emmanuel to get picked on. Oh, man. So... And I think it's important just for the theology sake just to point out is 
uh, it's crucial to the story that Jesus is born of a virgin. So that's why they're making so many points about they weren't married. They didn't have sex. Just to be clear, we got to say it again and again that this was all the Holy Spirit's doing, yeah. not, not by Joseph. So verse two, this is where we get into more of the, the Christmassy stuff. Um, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him. This always struck me as weird as a kid yeah and i think like now i kind of understand it a little bit more like because if somebody's going around saying like hey a new king is going to be born and you're king and you're like say what yeah who now and i mean like israel's has always been a pretty disputed territory yeah you know um and i think all you know herod was king over that area but was put there by the romans um and so you know a little bit of history with the Maccabees and how they um, fought back against Roman oppression. Now I think like Herod is thinking maybe like a new king from the line of David or whatever is going to be recognized and is going to rise up. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I was like, no, it doesn't mean king of Herod, you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) We have hindsight 2020. You're an idiot. Yeah, I know. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, there's a lot of political uh, just viewpoints and, and and items in the background of this story that sometimes churches will skip over. Sometimes churches don't. But yeah. uh, I feel like sometimes it just gets glossed over that this was not just him being evil for the sake of, I mean, he probably was an evil man, but he was trying to protect his kingdom essentially that's why it's not just he was some disney villain going ah, i just hate babies gotta gotta knock out all these babies <laughs> i hate those little rugrats um but he's trying to protect his own kingdom so um so essentially the people tell Herod in bethlehem and judea that's where he's going to be born for so it was written by the prophet so this is all pointing back to the prophecy and you O bethlehem in the land of judah are by no means least among the rulers of judah for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from what from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word and I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures. Sorry, I was trying to do a treasure box opening. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. (laughs) That's my time. They offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How much being A lot more than you could handle. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. There we go. 
so that's that's the whole point of the wise men. Um, they were summoned by the king to go find him, and then they saw him and they worshipped him and they gave him a bunch of potpourri and gold. Um. <laughs> Interesting um, thing here that I want to point out. Yeah. Um, the wise men were told by the king of Israel to report mm-hmm. back to him where they find him so that he can go. And then the wise men don't. They just skedaddle. Yeah. That's what the NIV says. They skedaddled back <laughs> home. Skedaddled. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, because they knew, they knew that Herod was a piece of shit. Yeah. Because um, in the next few verses, he slaughters infants. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, not the fun part of the Christmas story. Yeah, that's the one they leave out a little bit. Where you don't sing that verse as much. Yeah. Where Jesus has to leave his hometown and go to Egypt and be a refugee. Um because Herod might kill him. Um, I want to talk back about this Bethlehem star. Yeah. There's um, some interesting things about this. Yeah. That I always envision as the last scene in Christmas vacation. Where the uncle's just like, that's not the Christmas star. That's the light from the nitroglycerin plant. <laughs> you know? It's, oh. it, honestly, it might have been. Uh, <laughs> I I know we talked about this earlier, but have you, have you heard of the Bethlehem star? Um, I have not. So there was this documentary thing that came out probably when I was in college, about 10 years ago or so. This dad who had a telescope <laughs> wanted to figure out which stars were in the sky around 2000 years ago. Um, Cause we don't really know the exact year Christ was born. Some people will try to predict which year, but we don't have a certain date. Zero AD Scott. Zero, 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 zero. The calendar was set perfectly to zero on December 25th. Zero, zero. Um, but he was saying, okay, he, which I, I do applaud this man for his rationale. He was going, okay, we can predict where stars will be in the future based on the constellations and their patterns and how they move. So why can't we just reverse that and see where the stars were 2,000 years ago? And maybe there was some anomaly or some odd thing that was in the sky at that point. And he found through his massive research, I put air quotes around Massive research. <laughs> um, There's extensive that, research of a week. Yeah. <laughs> One week of Googling and his telescope he got from Kmart. Uh, he found that there was a star that was kind of, I don't know much about how constellations work, but I guess one that was like in retrograde. So it appeared in the sky for a long time and it appeared as such like a North star in a sense. And it was around this time 2000 years ago, there was a weird star pattern thing. And he determined that was the Bethlehem star that led the Magi, the wise men to Christ. And therefore the story is historically uh, correct and lines up. Um, Pretty wild claim, but I I applaud him for the effort. (laughs) This is operating under the assumption that the wise men didn't know how astronomy worked 
Well, he, this guy would claim that they were experts in astronomy and oh. they were tracking. So that, that that's this guy's claims that they were astronomers of the time and they were tracking stars down to the, I mean, just the nitty gritty of the patterns. And that's when they discovered, oh, there is like an odd star. We just tend to read the story as like they just looked up one day and saw a star and not just them doing calculations and finding out that there was a, an they interesting probably pattern. probably followed a star to get to where they needed to be. Yeah, Definitely. Because that's how they astronomy and geography worked back then. Like they knew, but I don't think it was any sort of magical star. They just knew that, like, okay, if I needed to go to Bethlehem, this is I'm going to need to follow that. That's star the right direction to go. Yeah, point in time to go that way because they didn't have, you know, iPhone GPS. Well, I think what's funny is let's say that is the case. The star is not going to get you to the exact, you know, uh, Motel 6 that Mary and Joseph were in. Like, it's going to get you in the general direction. So it's just, it's kind of funny to me to think that the star will get you to the town you need to get to, I'd say. You could probably, you know, figure out the path you need to go down. But to think, I just always imagine as a kid that the star was just like right here, like a big, you know, (laughs) sign with an arrow, like. (laughs) Christ is born. Christ is born. Just searchlights in the sky. Um, either way, you should check it out. If you're interested, I will say this on wherever side you sit, it is an interesting study slash kind of documentary if you are into that stuff. If you're into, you know, astronomy and and the Bible, it's it's a fascinating uh connection. And I'll I'll leave up the the conclusion to the listeners on what they think about. Let let me know what you think about the Bethlehem star, but uh that dude's probably making a lot of money off the DVDs he's selling. So I'll just say that. <laughs> um, but back to this, uh, the nativity story. So um, essentially after this, then we just have the flight to Egypt where then uh, Mary and Joseph and they, they flee from Herod's uh, death squadron to try to take out all the kids. <laughs> so, but do you have any other thoughts about just, uh, I mean, the wise men and, and Herod and, Really, the narrative of Joseph too, and him the, kind of being bamboozled. Joseph is always the most is always the one that gets like um, I don't want to seem like a men's rights activist, but like it's always the <laughs> one story that just doesn't seem to get told a lot. And he's men have one. a voice too, Evan. Right? Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, but you know, Joseph what was the old Jim Gaffigan joke where it was just like you know, had to be tough to be Joseph and. Mary comes to you and says she's pregnant. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And she's like, <laughs> oh, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, I, I, it's the way that that story has been told, like my entire life of Joseph just being like either a coward or like, you know, mean or evil in that moment, like wanting a divorce because divorce is perfectly legal in that like, society Mm -hmm. it's not without merit um moses said you could give people a divorce so they were going off of it Mm -hmm. and you know the angel doesn't really come down hard on him either and you know it's just like joseph son of david do not fear to take mary as your wife for what you know for you know she's telling the truth like (laughs) i think i like to imagine up in like heaven they're all sitting around and god's like everything's going according to plan and then someone comes in and is like 
sir, Joseph wants to divorce Mary. And he's like, what? what? Okay. Uh, get someone down. I do see how he got to this conclusion. I oh, do. no. This is a plot hole, isn't it? Oh. No one told Joseph. Years no of work. One. No one told Joseph. Nobody. I go down there and tell him now before he, you know, kind of, you know, this whole thing, you know, hits the fan. And it was supposed to be this, and it was supposed to be a wicked Boston Christmas right after this. And somehow, Boston Christmas. Yeah, why it, weren't you supposed to tell Joseph? Idols <laughs> yeah. on sick leave, sir. But you, Joseph, son of salmon. Idols on you? sick leave. He's having a Nephilim baby. A Nephilim baby. <laughs> Another deep cut. Yeah. Oh man. Uh. Well, yeah, I don't know if I have any other last thoughts about uh, this this version of Christ's birth. Um, you know, Luke's version is a lot more tame. You know, we really just get the kind of the nice, soft version of Christ was born. He was meek and mild. He was a you know the working man's savior. This is like a uh, it it to me. There's a connection to Moses, and in, in a way, it's like you know, there's the flea. There's the whole. Um, you know, he's trying to escape the the clutches of, of an evil ruler in a sense, and he's so, kind of a miraculous entry into the world. So Matthew and Luke paint these two slightly different pictures of the birth of Christ, one being this more majestic and powerful entrance of a new savior that's threatening the current ruler, and then Luke's being more of like a, you know, kind of under the radar, just a, a cozy night that the Lord appeared in Bethlehem. So um, take what you will with from both these stories, but um, yeah. Yeah. Matthew definitely paints the more um, Christ the King narrative. Yeah. um, And points to the specific uh, prophecies being fulfilled. Like that's just kind of the repeat um, the the refrain in this. Because when you get to the flight to Egypt, um talks about the flight to egypt then at the end it says this was to fill fulfill what the lord has spoken by the prophet out of mm-hmm. Egypt i called my son yeah um, and then you know herod kills the children uh then was fulfilled was spoken by the prophet jeremiah a voice was heard in rama weeping in loud lamentation rachel wept weeping for her children she refused to be comforted because they are no more and then the mm-hmm. return to nazareth uh, Joseph gets a vision in a dream that it's okay to go back to Israel, but he hears that, um, who is it? Uh, Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father, Herod. He was afraid to go there and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in the city of Nazareth. Um, and, and that's how he became the Nazarene. That's how he became the Nazarene. And then wild, uh, you know, Outdoor man is the next chapter, which we, we should say for a whole nother. We, John the Baptist is a wild story that we should talk about in another episode. That is, uh, if, speaking of wilderness men, so Absolutely. the ultimate disciple now leader, John the Baptist. <laughs> D now to the max. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, that do covers any, it. Yeah. Do you have anything to plug, Scott? I don't. I have I have nothing to plug this week. I in this whole last week between recording. Yeah, this whole last week, definitely a whole week went by between these episodes recorded. Um no, 
definitely not salty about anything that happened yesterday. <laughs> but um, I just hope everyone has a nice Christmas, a nice holiday season. Yeah. That's all. I just want joy for the world. That's my plug. Yeah. What about you, Evan? Wow. What Boston, East Coast, Philadelphia thing are you going to plug? <laughs> um, I, we do need to see Rocky the Musical. There's an off-Broadway production of Rocky. Oh, my gosh. And I do want to see it. Um, but I think um, we saw the uh, Will Ferrell and um, Ryan Reynolds Christmas movie, Spirited. Um, was it that, good? Was, that was really good. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect it to be. I thought it was just going to be like a hokey Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds movie. But it actually like, was better than I thought it was going to be. And some of the songs are jams. I like me some Will Ferrell. And I feel like he might be hit or miss with some people, but I enjoy me a good helping of Will Ferrell. Oh, I think yeah. he's and Ryan he's Reynolds nice nice touch anytime. Yeah. He's he's easy on the eyes too. So it makes it makes it all the more enjoyable. He also plays Ryan Re- Those are two guys that play themselves in every single movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're getting what you pay for with those yeah. two. <laughs> Will Ferrell ends up in his underwear and Ryan Reynolds is being snarky. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, We want to hear your thoughts as well. You can email us at unblastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us at TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram uh, with at unblastpod. Thank you again so much for listening. Uh, My name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible. (laughs) 